Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're covering agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas farmers are feeding the hungry in our state. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up. The Conservation Reserve Program remains popular in Texas. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have more from Waco coming up on Texas Ag Today. Coronavirus and traveling for Thanksgiving. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel kicking things off with news headlines. To help meet the needs of charitable organizations across the state, the Texas Farm Bureau is matching donations made by county farm bureaus to organizations in their area. Through Feeding the Need, TFB will match county farm bureaus' qualified donations of up to $1,000. TFB President Russell Boehning said due to the pandemic, charitable organizations are being stretched to the limit and the need for assistance has never been greater. He said the Feeding the Need program puts the decision of how to best make an impact in the County Farm Bureau's hands. The program is in effect for expenditures incurred from September 1st until the end of the year or until funds are exhausted. Additional details are available on texasfarmbureau.org. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is reminding dairy farmers the deadline to enroll in the Dairy Margin Coverage Program for calendar year 2021 is quickly approaching on December 11th. The USDA's Farm Service Agency opened DMC signup back in October. It's designed to help producers manage economic risk brought on by milk price and feed cost disparities. FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce said dairy producers should definitely consider coverage for 2021 as even the slightest drop in the margin can trigger a payment. The DMC program, which was first created by the 2018 Farm Bill, offers reasonably priced protection when the difference between the all-milk price and the average feed cost falls below a specific dollar amount selected by the producer. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We usually see a 50-50 split of sheep and goats selling here in Texas, but the mix has shifted somewhat recently to more sheep. Larry Marble reports from San Angelo. Texas Farming and Ranching Neighbors, our guest today is Benny Cox from Producers and Cargyle San Angelo. Benny, I'd ask you the question about the change in the percentage sold of sheep versus goats. Talk to us about a few of the reasons. 
these goats don't tend to fare quite as well as maybe the hair sheep do when you get into those wet, cold periods. They around 32, and there was a lot of, you know, we had slush and all that stuff. So that might have played a role in that. Well, Benny, it sounds to me like it might be one of those human nature things to where you migrate to what's easiest and puts the most money in your pocket. Yeah, these hair sheep are pretty easy to raise. You keep the varmints out of them. They sure raise lots of them, and, and they've proven to... To, to be some easier, most of them will get to 60, you know, 60, 65 pounds quicker than these goats will. And, and I'll tell you, and we talked about this here back last three or four weeks ago, the, the gap or the margin between the hair sheep and the goats where it used to be, you know, on those 60 pounds, you can talk about $80, you know, difference uh, on, with goats on the high side. Uh, that's not there today. It's closer to 30 cents. You know, they still bring a little more of those top end board crosses uh, than these hair sheep, but it's that gap's narrowing. Yeah. And even on the killer side, and I guess it's because of the ethnic market, you said that they're hopping in there and buying those ewe carcasses just like they were buying the, the nanny carcasses. Is that kind of the same kind of situation? Yeah, they tell me that they're killing lots of those, those hair sheep ewes right alongside those nanny goats, doing the same with them. I know some of them taking and uh, cue those things up and, and store them till the market gets better. I'm not sure that, they, that they've been waiting. I've had a number of calls where people just can't get enough of those nannies to satisfy their, the demand. And, and, and it's quite apparent that, that that must be the case because these old kind of thin, strong, thin to medium flesh uh, hair use, lots of those will bring up their dollar plus. And, and here back a year, year and a half ago, you had to get 60 before you get 70 cents for one of those things. Great explanation of a change in the market practice. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo, reporting for Texas Ag Today. The Conservation Reserve Program remains popular here in Texas. Gary Joyner has more. A new sign-up period for the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Conservation Reserve Program just ended. Data shows the program continues to have high value in Texas, with more than 3 million acres in the state enrolled. CRP enrollment is highest in the Texas panhandle. Under CRP, in exchange for annual rental payments, farmers and landowners voluntarily remove environmentally sensitive land from agricultural production to conserve soil, water, and wildlife resources. The average rental rate per acre this year across the country was $82 per acre. In Texas, the average rental rate was less than $50 per acre. About 22 million acres are enrolled in CRP nationally. Enrollment is the highest in Texas, Colorado, Kansas, and Iowa. In the next three years, more than 12 million acres of current CRP contracts are expected to expire. Farmers and landowners will have a decision. They can re-enroll environmentally sensitive cropland, enroll land designed to preserve or enhance wildlife habitat, or potentially bring that land back into production agriculture. CRP is an important and valuable tool. Texas farmers and ranchers who participate in CRP provide benefits to the nation's environment by protecting natural resources. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The coronavirus is spreading across rural Texas, and with the holidays approaching, it could get worse. Tom Nicoletti speaks with a Waco doctor about the problem. As the flurry of holidays approaches, what should and what will people do when it comes to family and friends gatherings? 
and uh, traveling during the coronavirus pandemic. For some direction on what people should do, we have Waco physician Dr. James Sharp on the program today. And and Dr. Sharp, let's focus uh, first on Thanksgiving, which is uh, coming up in a week. And of course, anything we say about Thanksgiving can also apply to the other holidays. What about the exposure risk when it comes to to travel, uh, vehicle versus air travel? The impact of traveling creates a lot of variables on our, our risks. The number of times you have to stop on a trip going to a gas station, a restroom, restaurant, all those are going to be new contacts with other people, varying degrees. So each one's going to introduce a little bit more risk. Uh, If you stay overnight in a hotel, same thing. If you're flying, uh, there seems to be some evidence that flying is relatively safe, but you still have transportation to and from the airport. The number of airports you have to stop at on that flight is going to impact Again, the number of people you're being exposed to. I think probably the safest trip, you can drive, let's say, a 90-minute trip or so. You're not meeting people on the trip itself, so you'd be taking just yourself in the car to that holiday event and really minimizing the, the risk of exposure along the way. Before we go any further, let's talk about uh, what everybody has been doing and what the talk has been over these last several months, and that's uh, social distancing and the other factors uh, tied to that. Talk about the, that, the importance there that that should still be adhered to. The most proactive thing uh, a person can do in any given setting is going to be the face mask. And the better quality, the better, but any face mask is better than nothing. Uh, frequent hand washings, uh, not just after you shake somebody's hand, but when you touch a doorknob. I mean, I, I hate to be anxious about it, but if I walk into a room and I've touched something, I, before I touch people, I try to uh, put some hand sanitizer on my hands. Social distancing, and now that's a little tricky because when you're with family, you want to, you want to embrace them. And I rather think that one big hug negates whether you're standing for the rest of the time standing six feet away from them and and only spending 15 minutes around them. That 15 minutes has become a bit of an issue, too, because it's 15 cumulative minutes. Five minutes here, five minutes later, five minutes later. You know, it all adds up in that time period. But anyway, social distancing is a great help. I mean, intuitively, you can imagine that if you're talking to somebody from 25 feet away, and it's got to be safer than when you're standing right next to them whispering in their ear. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. For more information on the safest way to celebrate Thanksgiving this year is to celebrate it with people in your household, go to the Centers for Disease Control website at www.cdc.gov. I'm Tom Nicolotti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Agriculture is losing decades of ag policy experience in Washington with the retirements of Senate Ag Committee Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas and former House Ag Committee Chairman Mike Conaway here in Texas. And the current chairman of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson of Minnesota, was defeated in his re-election bid. Jay Truitt is a native Texan who runs the lobbying firm Policy Solutions in Washington. He says there will be a huge ag policy void when those three are gone come January. You can't just remove a Pat Roberts and a Colin Peterson who bring 45 years of historical perspective 
and know all the mistakes that we've made in addition to the things that we did that kind of worked right or that we could afford or that seemed to give us the biggest bang for our buck. You can't remove them from the process and just think it's gonna, it's gonna be the same. Um, the rest of the people that sat in those rooms don't have that same level of expertise and experience. Truett says that, of course, we will have new leaders step up and take the lead on writing the next farm bill. And who knows, they may follow in their predecessor's footsteps. I think kind of as in the past, somebody will rise to the occasion and we'll see somebody take those reins in both both the House and the Senate, and they'll write the bill. I don't know that administrations in the end get to do more than just accept what comes to them for the most part. Maybe on money, it's different. But on the actual policy, maybe maybe it won't be as different as we think. But Truett says there's no denying the fact that agriculture is taking a big hit with the loss of Robertson, Peterson, and Conaway. Mule deer season opens for part of Texas on Saturday. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have additional details on Texas Ag today. And asthma is a condition commonly found in us humans, but it can also affect our cats. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that issue coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A lot of humans deal with asthma, but did you also know it's fairly common in cats? Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at that problem. Feline asthma affects 1-5% to of all cats, so it is not uncommon. Most cats develop symptoms early in life and is classified as an allergic disease and the cat's immune system response can lead to permanent lung changes. Symptoms of asthma are usually coughing, rapid breathing, and difficult expiration rather than inspiration. Many of these cats are so severely affected that they have to breathe with their mouth open to inhale enough oxygen. Symptoms can be mild cough, or in severe cases, the disease can be life-threatening. And sometimes it may seem the cat has a hairball when the problem is actually asthma. Any cat that is coughing or having trouble breathing should be examined by your veterinarian and have x-rays of the chest. Although some cats with asthma will have normal chest x-rays, most will have findings typical of asthma. But these findings can also be associated with other diseases like heartworm disease in cats or chronic bronchitis. In some cases, placing a scope in the airways and sampling fluid may be required to make this diagnosis. Treatment of feline asthma is similar to treating human asthma. As a cure is unlikely, but the disease can be controlled. Keeping the cat inside in an area with decreased allergens is helpful, and oral treatment with corticosteroids like prednisolone is very effective. However, cats can only receive oral steroids for a short period, so other options must be considered. Inhaled treatment with a specialized cat mask is effective with a corticosteroid, and this therapy has less side effects than long-term oral medication. 
So if your cat has trouble breathing or is coughing, check with your vet as asthma could be involved. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Mule deer season opens in part of Texas this Saturday. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. Mule deer hunting season in the Panhandle and Southwest Panhandle opens Saturday. Sean Gray, mule deer and pronghorn program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says he expects the season to be above average in terms of the number of mule deer. Antler development is definitely going to be below average because of the dry conditions we've been in for quite a while now. The drought could have an effect on mule deer body weight in hard-hit areas. Gray says if you plan to hunt mule deer this season, you need to check out the outdoor annual. Outside of the normal regulations, if they're hunting in one of our CWD surveillance or containment zones, they need to check their deer so we can sample the deer for chronic wasting disease. There's an area in the panhandle in the northwest part of the panhandle, kind of Dalhart area, and then in the Trans-Pecos, far west Texas, pretty much the Waco Mountain area east of El Paso. So if they're hunting in those areas, be sure and look at our outdoor annual and get to those check stations within 48 hours of harvest so we can sample the deer. And then also we're going on the third hunting season now with an experimental antler restriction in seven counties in the panhandle. So there's six counties in kind of in the southeast panhandle. If they're hunting in those counties, they need to check the outdoor annual again and make sure that if they're going to harvest deer that it meets those antler restrictions and it's based on the outside spread of the main beams must be 20 inches or greater. That was Sean Gray for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. The outdoor annual can be found at outdoorannual.com and on the outdoor annual app. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It has been an up and down week so far in the cattle market, so how did things turn out on Thursday? We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We've seen a mostly mixed trade in the cattle futures market this week. However, on Thursday, the bottom kind of dropped out and we ended up closing sharply lower. We lost at least $2 on most of our live cattle contracts. The December down to 40 108.25. February down 262 at 110.52. April live cattle down 242 at 114.20. Feeder cattle futures feeling the pressure as well. January feeders dropping a dollar seventy-five, one thirty-five fifty-five. March feeders down a dollar ninety-five, one thirty-four ninety-five. The big drop in the futures market will probably keep a lid on fed cattle prices the rest of the week. We did see sales at one ten on a live basis here in Texas on Wednesday and Thursday. 
Asking prices from the feedlots have been as high as 112 this week. However, Packers have been passing on that. And again, that futures market drop on Thursday, probably enough to keep a lid on prices at 110 for the rest of this week. Let's look at some feeder cattle auctions now. We'll go to Four County Auction Center in Industry, Texas. 1,862 heads sold this week. The trend there was steady. Two to three weight steers, $1.20 to $2.05 a pound. Three to four hundred pound steers, a dollar ten to a dollar ninety-seven. Four to five weights, a dollar to a dollar seventy-eight. Five to six hundred pounders, ninety cents to a dollar fifty-eight. With six to seven weights, bringing ninety to a dollar twenty-eight a pound. Slaughter cows, twenty to fifty-four cents. Slaughter bulls, sixty-two to eighty-two. Stocker cows, three fifty to nine fifty a head. Cow calf pairs, seven hundred to twelve fifty a pair. Giddings Livestock Commission, Giddings, Texas, one thousand two hundred forty-one head sold this week. The trend was steady to lower. Two to three weight steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar eighty-two. Three to four weights, a dollar thirty to a dollar eighty-five. Four to five hundred pounders, a dollar eighteen to a dollar sixty-two. Five to six weight steers, a dollar ten to a dollar forty-seven. Six to seven hundred pounders, a dollar five to a dollar twenty-one. With the seven to eight weight steers bringing ninety to a dollar fifteen a pound. Slaughter cows, eighteen to fifty-eight cents. Slaughter bulls, forty to seventy-eight. Stocker cows, six eighty to a thousand a head. Cow calf pairs, three hundred to twelve hundred a pair. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs took a big drop. December hogs down two ten, closing at sixty three seventy. February hogs down two eighty five at sixty three oh five. And a lower trade in class three milk. The December contract down forty four cents. It's now dropped down to fifteen fifty seven a hundred weight. Nervousness in the cotton market over a big spike in U.S. COVID-19 infections this week. We saw a record jump in cases this week, and that's put some pressure on cotton prices. December cotton down 36 points, closing at 69.32. The March contract down 16, closing at 71.67 cents. The grain markets giving back some of the big gains that we've seen the last couple of days. Kansas City wheat closing lower. December wheat down nine cents, five forty-eight and three quarters. New crop July wheat down nine, five sixty-seven a bushel. December corn down three and a quarter, four twenty-two and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas down eleven cents, two fifty-nine. December crude oil down a penny, forty-one eighty-one a barrel. The financial markets slightly higher. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 20 points at 29,458. The Nasdaq up 97, 11,899. The S&P 500 up 10, 3,578. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps another episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. I'll see you next time right here with the latest news in Texas agriculture. Remember, you can always find it on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.